Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. This week, Amber Wilson of ESPN Radio has been doing a great job with Chris Canty on the afternoon show on Sirius XM Channel 80. You heard Amber earlier this week with uh, Max and Keyshawn and Jay Will. And she's an attorney and has some really compelling and great opinions about everything with Deshaun Watson. And I wanted to get Amber on the show just to talk about that and a little bit more. And she's with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Amber, great to have you with us. How are you doing? I'm good, Randy and Michelle. Thanks for having me. Okay, I got to start with this, though. In 2020, when Michelle and I started this morning show, we had a vote of our listeners of who our NFL team for the show was going to be. The Rams left St. Louis looking for an NFL team, and our voters voted the Miami Dolphins as the team for Carriker and Smallman. Uh, you're down in South Florida. Did we, did we make the right choice? Are, <laughs> is, are the Dolphins a good team for us? I feel almost the need to apologize <laughs> to you guys and to all of St. Louis. Uh, I am a devout Dolphins fan. It is not an easy thing to take on in life, but hopefully from here on out, things will turn around under this new coaching staff and it'll go a little bit better. But Amber, I think that'll make it better for us, though, if we travel a tough road and then ultimately have success. It's not fun to just jump on a, on a good bandwagon. That's true. Nobody will be able to accuse you of being fake fans there in St. Louis, right? Because you certainly got in at a very downtime, but everything about the last 20 years, frankly, has been a bit of a downtime for the Miami Dolphins. So hopefully things will turn around now that you guys are on board. I hope so, too. Well, Amber, let's get into some of these Deshaun Watson talking points. So this is something I wanted to bring up with you because we teased that we were going to speak with you about Deshaun Watson. And inevitably, the first text that rolls in says he's cleared of criminal charges. Let's not continue to talk about this guy. Let him live his life. But just because criminal charges were not pressed against Deshaun Watson, those 22 civil cases still exist. So can you explain the language there to our listeners? Just because he's not facing criminal charges does not mean he's been ultimately absolved of all of these crimes. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. Uh, you know, he, he never saw his day in court, so to speak, for that. We never got to that process because the grand jury chose not to indict him, which just basically means that the grand jury didn't find enough direct evidence to bring criminal charges against Deshaun Watson. That doesn't mean that he didn't do these things. It doesn't mean that he did do these things. It just means that he's not going to be criminally liable for doing these things. He could still be civilly liable for doing these things. You mentioned the 22 pending actions in civil court. Now, of course, civil court has a very different standard than criminal. So if he was found civilly liable, first of all, we're talking about money at stake, not a person's liberty, which is why, of course, there's such a easier, lower standard in civil court. Uh, and it just would mean if he was found liable in civil court, not guilty, but liable, it would just mean that he was more likely to have done these things than not. That's it. Not beyond a reasonable doubt, like in criminal court. So even if he was found liable, frankly, we still wouldn't have a very clear picture of whether he absolutely definitely did it. Like we get more so in criminal court, it would just be more likely that he did it than not. We're probably never going to get to that point, Michelle, because the huge, overwhelming majority of civil cases settle. And this is an exclusive to Deshaun Watson. I mean, in the country generally, you're talking less than 2% of civil cases go to trial. It's such a long, lengthy, expensive process. 
when you're talking civil law, it's not normally worth taking it all the way to trial. And because of that, civil cases tend to settle. And that's what I would expect the huge majority of these cases to do, if not, frankly, all of them here at some point. Amber Wilson of ESPN with us on 101 ESPN. She's an an attorney in Florida and her firm has represented a lot of NFL players. And uh, Amber, another text we get is that he hasn't been rewarded. Before all of these civil suits were filed, Deshaun Watson, or at least before we knew of them, he had asked for a trade. It seems to me, and I've heard your take on this, and I think it's right on the mark, he has been rewarded, essentially, for these alleged activities. I mean, I vehemently disagree with that texter. If he was traded the day he requested a trade, at the very least, which was before any of the women accused him, and I think we're at a point where I think 24 women in total have made accusations against him for sexual misconduct and sexual assault. And there's 22 pending civil actions. There is at least one woman, I think there's two, that have accused him as well that did not sue him in civil court. Uh, One who filed a a criminal complaint against him who did not sue him civilly. So there's been, of course, a multitude of women, two dozen women, who have accused him of sexual misconduct or sexual assault. Before a single one of those had accused him, he had requested a trade. And, Randy, I agree with you. If he had gotten the trade then, that day, before a woman had accused him of anything, I don't think this trade at the very least would have looked one cent different or one trade asset different. And in fact, I think it's very easy to argue where we've gone with the quarterback market and the desperation of the Browns. I think it's incredibly easy to argue that now this waiting game, which was, of course, a waiting game because of these accusations, which is why the Texans weren't able to trade him earlier, is has absolutely resulted in a huge benefit to Deshaun Watson to the tune of $230 million. So to say that he hasn't benefited when he just became the highest paid player in NFL history in the midst of accusations from two dozen women is, in my opinion, categorically false. He absolutely has benefited from this situation, which is frankly a bit disturbing to say because, yes, even though he's not criminally liable, and even though I said, frankly, we're probably never going to really know, because even if he settles these civil actions, which I expect that he will at some point, it's probably not going to come with an admission. We're probably never going to know the terms. And if you settle a civil case, it doesn't mean that you did the thing. Again, doesn't mean that you didn't. We're probably never going to know whether he did or not. But we know the accusations are out there. And the optics of him becoming the highest paid player in NFL history in the midst of the accusations, I find troubling. I find troubling as well, Amber. I I knew that we wouldn't be discussing whether or not he was going to play because we know in the NFL that talent always will get an opportunity. But I just could not believe that his value would not take a hit and that he would be given all of this guaranteed money by the Browns. But with that, the Browns put out a statement saying that they underwent their own investigation. And Tony Busby, who's the attorney for the 22 women who are suing Deshaun Watson, said that none of the NFL teams reached out to him or his client during that, quote, investigation. What do you think that says about the thoroughness that the Browns allegedly put into really determining Deshaun Watson's innocent or guilt in this situation? Well, the NFL has interviewed, I believe, at least 10 of the alleged victims at this point. So in their own investigation, the NFL has spoken to some of the women who have made these accusations, but it appears that the Browns individually didn't do any of that. Now, I would have a hard time believing the NFL has shared that information with the potential teams who could have been trading for Watson, but it's possible. Although the Browns haven't said that. The Athletic, I believe, was reporting yesterday that the Browns' investigation so far looks like what it entailed 
was discussing the matters with Deshaun Watson's defense attorneys, with two of the women on his defense team, who, of course, would be advocating for their client. That's their job with Deshaun Watson. And then also spoke to Deshaun Watson in his interview, which spent 30 minutes, apparently, on the accusation. So according to The Athletic, as of yesterday, anyways, that was the extent of what the Browns did. I I would say I, frankly, am not that surprised by this, because let's be real, the Browns, weren't trading for Deshaun Watson with anything to do with the positioning of the alleged victims. They could have easily read the complaints. They could easily get a hold of the court filings, which are public record, and they could easily read what the position is of the alleged victims. Frankly, I would say the Browns probably don't care because their investigation probably involves something more like, hey, can you still throw a football like the last time we saw you throw a football? Great. We're going to go ahead and trade for you. And that's the reality of the NFL, and that's the reality of the situation that the Browns were in, because let's be real, it's not like the Browns are not aware of what the women are saying about Deshaun Watson. And Amber, we're sitting here in St. Louis, we're well aware of the fact that the NFL is not a bastion of honor and integrity, but you would think that they'd be a little less transparent than making his contract only a million dollars for 2022. (laughs) That that portion of this has been so disturbing to me. And I want to be clear, like, I, 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 because I've been getting so much, so much, so so much in the mentions, guys. Uh, I can't even imagine, Amber. Right. As a woman, when a woman discusses these matters, and my firm, actually, we represent dozens of NFL players. And we've represented NFL players against all sorts of stuff. So I have had a front row seat to NFL players. They have deep pockets. They get sued all the time. Sometimes people try to take advantage of NFL players. I have had a front row seat to that. But this situation with how many accusations there are is so unusual. And then to structure the contract. So he essentially circumvents the punishment that we all assume is coming from the NFL, where you're talking about at the end of the day, if the NFL punishes like we would expect them to, which I don't know if now they would swerve and do something else that could create a problem with the NFLPA. But if they punish him like we would expect them to something like six to eight games this upcoming season, you're talking about him losing like a few hundred thousand, which isn't much. Probably, I would imagine when you're worth three hundred million, I don't have much experience with being worth three hundred million. I would imagine a few hundred thousand is like a Tuesday night. So, again, it's essentially not a punishment, at least not in the pocketbook at all for Deshaun Watson. And it's not the first time that this has been done in NFL history, but I would say it's the most public time. It's maybe the most egregious time. I know in Deflategate there was some of that Tom Brady's contract, and people like to bring that up. That is not the same thing as uh, two dozen women, 22 women with pending civil suits, accusing you of sexual misconduct and sexual assault, and you do everything you can to help that guy avoid any sort of punishment from the NFL, at least in terms of the financial ramifications. And again, considering that he also got paid extra and frankly might have even lengthened his career by sitting out a year and collecting paychecks for every minute that he was sitting out last season as a dual threat quarterback. Maybe he'll play longer now because he's very well rested. Mm -hmm. So in the end, the result is him making a lot more money and really him not being punished at all, at least not in the pocketbook. Amber, I know for a lot of people, they need a Ray Rice type evidence video to believe some of these accusations, whether it's domestic assault or sexual assault uh, against women. But the one piece of this that I can't seem to get over is the fact that it's the same 
routine with him with all of these women, him reaching out to them. And then sometimes there's Instagram messages of him unprompted following up with them saying, I'm sorry if I made you feel uncomfortable. This is not women putting it back on him and then him responding. He's unprompted acknowledging that he has done something in these interactions to make them feel unsafe. How does how do the Browns or the NFL avoid that that component of this? I don't think you can. I think that the way that they're essentially avoiding it is Deshaun Watson is the top five quarterback the last time we saw him play. And if we see him play again and he's that good of a quarterback, everyone will just kind of move on with their lives. I have been really surprised, frankly, even me, even though I know what the reaction typically is, I have been a bit surprised, Michelle, that people are so quick to side with the one person over the, you know, 23 people that have made these accusations, that has been really surprising to me. And I just do wonder, like, at what point do people in the court of public opinion jump to believe the women? Does it take 50 women? If 150 women made these accusations, would people say, hey, maybe there's something to this? Maybe this guy is a little creepy at best, uh, to put it lightly. I've been very surprised, but I think at the end of the day, you know, fanfare is just not rational and people are backing Deshaun Watson because he's a very good football player. And I'm not sure it matters how many women say the same thing or where the pattern is, or maybe even what the evidence is. People want to move on with the story because he's such a good quarterback. Amber, because we have you here and and I have Michelle here, I I have a daughter, I have a wife. I, I can't relate though because i've never been in the position of a woman you two are able to talk about this from 500 feet but if you put put it on the ground from an emotional level as a woman and as a football fan as somebody who enjoys sports what what's your emotion about this i you know it's not i I don't want to say that it's personal to me by any means I, i just think the optics of it look very bad for the NFL, because we are, we're in a different place than we were even in what, 10 years ago or more, 12 years ago, whatever it was with Ben Roethlisberger when all of that went down. And I always thought if that situation happened in 2022, it would have been handled very differently in the court of public opinion. And I've been disappointed to find out that that's not true, that we, that we actually haven't grown nearly as much in the last decade as I thought we had. And as the NFL frankly claims to have had, because the NFL certainly has had initiatives to try to garner more female viewership over the years and, and to be more inclusive of their game to females generally to get females more excited, of course, about football as well as an untapped market for them. There's a lot of women who watch football. There could be even more. And the NFL has gone out of its way to, you know, try to corner that market. And, now you see this situation and I I think it probably does harm that trajectory for them some but again we're talking about a very good football player and unfortunately in that league that's always going to trump everything the optics though again look terrible and I do wonder if there's something here the NFL is going to do differently than maybe it would have otherwise done because the optics look so bad we are still waiting to hear what the NFL is going to do and how they're going to handle this situation. Amber Wilson, enjoy listening to you. You're doing great work with Chris Canty on ESPN Radio. Everything you do on ESPN is great. We appreciate you taking some time with us today. Thanks, Randy and Michelle. Really appreciate it. Thank you. That's Amber Wilson from ESPN joining us on 101 ESPN. What's your emotional response to this? You're Obviously, it's visceral, but you have a different perspective than I do. It is very deflating. It's very disheartening. 
but it's not at all surprising. It is not at all surprising. But I, I think the way that Amber framed it right there really hit home for me when she says, if 22 women are not enough, what is the number? Mm-hmm. That's enough. 150, 1,000. How many women need to come forward with a similar story and with some form of evidence for us to, maybe not in a court of law for him to have criminal charges brought against him, but for us as a society and morally to say, I don't care what you can do on a football field. You have predatory actions that made women feel unsafe and you should not be able to have the privilege to play football. That's it. But you know what, Randy? What I have learned is that unless it's your wife or your daughter or a woman you care about, the way that you view Deshaun Watson is not going to be changed. It's just really sad, but we've seen it so many times in sports. And I don't even like to, I told you guys the other day, I don't even like to talk about this mm-hmm. on the radio because no one cares. Everybody just wants well, to come right. at me with hate and anger and say, he's innocent until proven guilty. Okay, great. But there's a nuance and a contextual conversation to have about this and about the safety of women and about women being believed in a patriarchal society with a judicial and legal system that have, has failed victims so many times. And I just, it, makes me sick that this person would have relatively no consequences and have all of this guaranteed money. And here's the thing. We do have short attention spans and there's a limit to what we care about. And even if you're somebody in Cleveland who has said, yeah, I'm not going to get my season tickets in 2022 because the Browns did this. At some point, September, October, you're going to sit down. He's going to th- throw three touchdown passes in a game. And you're going to be going, yeah, and you're not going to think about 22 women in Houston. No, of course not. No, you won't. But no one wants to actually, everybody just wants to say innocent into proven guilty because they want to cheer for Deshaun Watson. No one wants to think about the fact that this is a person who works in an athletic facility that has trainers, massage therapists, people that are on staff to pay to care for his body. This is not someone that was recommended to someone else to go see these massage therapists. He didn't call them or go through their website. He found them on Instagram, saw what they looked like, reached out to over two dozen women, and every single one of them has a similar story. And then he, again, unprompted, followed up acknowledging that he made them feel unsafe. Can we can we do the common sense code here? Can we do the moral code here? Maybe he won't be be caused with criminal charges, but can we all at least acknowledge that that's predatory mm-hmm. behavior? That this is this is behavior that is not okay. I, I just I, you'd, you'd hope so. You hope that we can I'm all the, agree on that. I'm I'm the bad guy here, Randy, and I'm the one taking crazy pills, which is what I'm sure the text line will say in five seconds.